Hi, I'm Benjamin Herman, and this is Mastering Negotiations, a podcast series to help you negotiate more effectively, whether you're embarking on a major business deal or looking to get more for your money. You'll hear tons of practical tips to help you get the best deal. In this episode, we're focusing on dirty tricks in negotiation, the despicable, dastardly, and downright ugly tricks that we see used by the best negotiators in the business to get their way um, and what to do to avoid them. So with me in the studio, I've got Joe Derriman, I've got Sean James and Tony Hughes, who collectively have over 50 years of negotiation experience behind them. So, Tony, you're... You winced, as we say, the best negotiators in the business. What? Um, why is it that we think people are being so skillful when they're using things that seem a little bit underhand? Yeah, the reason I winced a little bit is I hate people to think that the best negotiators are people that use dirty tricks. And I think sometimes if people are using some method of negotiation against you which you can't understand and can't cope with, then you might think that's a dirty trick. But there are other things which are definitely downright dirty tricks and really shouldn't be used in a negotiation where it's important that both sides get a good deal out of it. And so, Joe, sometimes when we're up against uh, people, what are the things that we see that kind of are a little bit off? Well, when you have negotiations and people are genuinely wanting to get a good deal, they might think by adding just one more extra item to the discussion is is valid. It means that we're really focusing on all the topics. But if you've set an agenda and you've identified what topics you're going to discuss during that negotiation and someone just says, and one more thing I'd like to add on and one more thing, it takes the discussion away and the power balance changes slightly. So if you can plan ahead for where you want that discussion to go, it gives you a little bit more control. Okay, so I've I've heard things like one more thing, um, sort of adver- advertisers, this is a technique you should do if you've got something to slip in, get something agreed and then uh, stick an extra one uh, in on the side. Sean, at the beginning of a lot of programs that we teach, we, we, we ask people, tell us what is it that you see the other side doing to get a good deal? What What kind of things are you seeing people um, want to help with. That, that is a very good question. The most frequent trick, in inverted commas, that people say they come up against is that the other party or the other person negotiating was far better prepared than them. Mm-hmm. And they seem to think, so I've heard them say that, yeah. they say that as if that's unfair yeah. or, or wrong. So what? where does that come from? How does that feel like injustice and not just, you just got beaten? Yeah, well, I think it obviously comes down to the levels of preparation. We talk a lot about how they prepare the negotiation, but it's just a very curious thing that um, they see that because they have done much more preparation and they seem uh, to have more information, that that is in some way underhand. So you, you mentioned information there. When we um, we, we have a set of information, um, we, we're often teaching to, to use that selectively and, and carefully. Sometimes people uh, will choose to disclose that information um, sort of sneakily or, or at the last minute or, or put us on the back foot with that. What would you do if someone is to uh, just to introduce things that you really have never even considered and you're right there in the room with them it's uh it's 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 really put you on the back foot well for me firstly i wouldn't see that as a dirty trick Mm. i would just see that potentially as negotiating skill Mm. negotiations isn't necessarily about putting Mm. all the cards on the table right up front 
Mm. Holding something back which you think the other party might want or that you might want from the other party is is just part of skilled negotiation. I think some of the dirty tricks we'll see are are where um, people might be suggesting that you've put so much into this deal already that you now might as well do it or you're going to lose quite a lot of money. So we might call that sunk cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going you're gonna to lose money that you've already sunk into it or time or effort that you've already sunk into it. Um, we might also see things like time pressures, like somebody saying, well, I need to get this concluded now because I've got another meeting at 3 o'clock or whatever. So there's a number of, of obvious dirty tricks, I think, which are there, which – um, I'd be a bit worried about calling um, a dirty trick somebody preparing. I think we mm. should just prepare mm. as much as anybody else yeah. does. Yeah. As, as, what about if you're already in the room and, and people have – you do start to feel on the back foot. They do start to uh, apply pressure mm-hmm. with, with, as you say, sunk cost or or, or, or pressure to, to conclude now. And, and you aren't feeling that. Joe, what would you do in that situation? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things you can do. But I think the first thing is – to have a reflection of where that negotiation's gone up until that point. Remind yourself of the things you've achieved, um, the common ground that you've got, and maybe any of the agreements with the trades you've already established and see whether or not it's genuine, the, the conversation has naturally led that way, or if you feel it's maybe something that needs more time because you can always call for a timeout. A brief stop during that negotiation where you can collect your thoughts and think, is this something we can commit to now? Or actually, is it a really good topic that needs its own airspace and its own separate meeting? So we can take control and we can we can ask that. Absolutely. Now, Sean, would that apply for those things that people tell us when they arrive for a meeting, they're already on the back foot, they're thrown into things. Uh, sometimes it feels like people have uh, manipulated a situation like uh, to arrange it when they know we're going to be jet lagged yeah. when they know it's a struggle to get there. Um, we've heard of people uh, taking the other team out for kind of a raucous night out right before uh, something like a question. Well, I guess for me, the question is, are these tactics though, or what we label as dirty tricks, are they intentional tactics or um, are they uh, unintentional and I guess the, the point for anybody on the receiving end is, is not to decide whether it's deliberate or not, is to, to decide how you react to that. So how do you react to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think what, what we've got to be very clear about is that there are certain behaviours that we can use to help to counter these and a set mm. of behaviours which really would help to clarify yours and the other side's position. So mm. summaries and making sure that they're mm. accurate summaries and therefore not allowing somebody to slip something else in. Mm-hmm. Um, testing understanding to make sure that both of us as, as, uh, understand the same things um, and and then seeking information from somebody. So or if you think about it, all those three types of behaviours allow you to get clarity, possibly whether this is a dirty trick or whether it's actually for real. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if somebody is saying I'm under time pressure, it, you know, well, maybe we go back to them and say, well, is this negotiation important to you? Because if it is... As Joe said, we need to take some time out and we maybe need to come back tomorrow or another time and, and make sure we get a proper deal, not just a fast deal. So it's about holding your own um, through seeking more information about it to, or, 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 or leaning into that. It's about um, having a, 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 an understanding about what behaviours you can use to be able to affect a good outcome to a deal. 
If I can add to that, when you mentioned about going out on a raucous night out the night mm. before, if your experience working with that potential client has been that when you meet, when you're doing the persuasion element before the negotiation and they take you out for a meal and they wine and dine you, then that's not new behavior. Mm. If that is not what's happened, normally the previous experience has been you have short, sharp, meetings that are separate and you go your separate ways and then all of a sudden they want to do those kind of activities then it gives you an idea of is this something that I should stand my ground or actually is that the next step so it gives you a chance to reflect is this behavior that they are asking about mm. something that is part of the relationship I already have with them or is it something new for us to consider what how should we respond and I think if it is a, a deliberate tactic then again, first of all, recognize that that's what's happening mm -hmm. and then decide, is this indicative of the relationship moving forward? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is there, suppose it's, uh, suppose you are starting to feel sort of more uncomfortable with that overall relationship. What, what do you do then? Do you, do you, because, you, you know, we're, we're at work, we still have to get deals, right? Yeah. I, I guess so, sometimes if it, if it is a deliberate tactic and you suspect that it is, then sometimes you can, Point it out. Draw attention to it. Uh, and how? <laughs> I, I think through those behaviours we were talking about, you can mm. point it out and ask, mm. and ask people whether or not this is, this is really what they, they want to do. Mm. Mm. But I also think we've got to be careful about not every negotiation that people get involved in, in, part, in fact, very few negotiations that people get involved mm. in are, are major business negotiations. We're mm. all involved in negotiating every day. Mm. And I might think that um, a raucous night out is actually compulsory rather than a problem. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, if I'm just going to go and buy something for my car, I can't get one. So, mm. so there, are, there are dirty tricks that people will be using that they are, actually don't think are dirty tricks. They're actually taught mm. to do things like mm. they might be saying, for example, if it's a, if it's a negotiation that's quite simple, mm. that this is, this is the last chance for you to do it because we've only got one left. Mm. You know, or mm. whatever it might be, which may or may not be true. And it's crossover with with sales techniques, but, but basically anything that's putting pressure onto you to do something which you might not do if you had time to stand back and think about it mm -hmm. could be considered to be a dirty trick if it's being done on purpose. And, and, the, and there's a risk that what we do is we, because we don't want to upset the relationship, we let it slide and let it happen. Of course, yeah. there's a risk in Absolutely. that because that may create an appetite for more. If they get away with it once, then... You know, they may continue to, to, to use and apply similar tactics. So in, in both of these situations that you're describing, right, either because we're, we're not even at work, it's just it's these kind of rolling negotiations that pop up in life. And in these ones where we, we value the relationship, we're potentially blindsided by these things that come along. And we, you're saying that we need to consider in the moment where we go from here. Now, that takes a certain amount of presence and planning and mm. knowing exactly what you want. How, how do we get that? How, how do we uh, be sure that we are uh, skilled enough in any given moment to take things as they? I think Sean alluded, alluded to it earlier, some preparation and planning. Mm -hmm. And uh, preparation in terms of, of knowing what, what it is that we want, what our mm -hmm. objectives are, putting yourself in the other person's shoes so mm -hmm. you might believe what they want. So if if there's something that they're doing which feels inconsistent with what you thought, then you've got a, a good idea that there might be something wrong, in which case you then can start to clarify. 
So, so giving some forethought before you get there, even mm. for even if it's a simple negotiation, mm. just giving some forethought before you get there as to what you're going to want to do, as to how you're going to do it, and what the other side would want to do, how they're going to do it. And coming back to something that was talked about earlier, you know, your information that you want to give, information you want to get, when do you want to give it, when do you want to get it? So it's quite a a complex scenario, really. Mm. And I think, in addition to some of the behaviours that Tony mentioned, even simple functions like you know taking a time out during a negotiation just to give yourself that thinking time and and objectively look at the situation and think, well, what's happening here, and how do we respond? Uh, Joe, you were going to. Uh, yeah, just, sorry, Joe. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. I think that's the that's the thing, and and also one of the other behaviours that we haven't mentioned, which does seem to work well, is is talking about how you're feeling, mm. um, and saying things like "I'm surprised" or "I'm confused" or "I'm really happy that we're working this way." It's another way of gaining that bit of clarity on what their intention is at any point during a complex negotiation, or maybe something that would be considered a bit more routine. Um, but think, you know, articulating to the other party, you know, I'm surprised that you're adding another issue or I'm surprised you want to go for a night out drinking when we've, we're, we're this close to <clears throat> sealing the deal. You know, it just allows the other party to respond and then you can gauge again how mm. I would then react to that. So that's quite interesting that you talk about giving feelings. Cause I know when we, when we teach people that they are often quite surprised that that is something that we yeah. would say can, can really help keep a negotiation mm. moving forward because they have this, picture in their mind that that to be skilled in negotiation you need to give nothing away to be quite poker-faced about it so what do we do when we're up against those people who who seem that way where whatever you do you're getting nothing back that their their way of achieving strength is to hardly react at all well the thing is you shouldn't do really is to for you to overreact um, mm. because that, that is often what people are looking for. Mm. Um, a low reaction, and of course by low reaction, what we don't mean is necessarily being quiet. Mm. For, for us, low reaction is not giving, any, um, not, not giving any support or not giving any disagreement. So you just really don't know where that person's coming from. We'll give you a quick example of that. If you, mm. were, if you were going to buy a car mm. and uh, the car salesman said to you, do you like the red colour, ask him if it comes with a radio with digital in it mm. don't respond to the color question because mm. you're actually not giving any support and you're not giving any disagreement therefore the person doesn't know where you're coming from and will continually sometimes try to force reactions by giving you more things mm. okay but i guess in, in that type of situation you're looking essentially for a, a win-lose outcome yeah you don't you're not worried about you a long-term relationship about, yeah yeah absolutely so that comes back a little bit to where we where we started in that some of these things are not particularly you know we've we said it a few times they're not particularly sort of dirty or underhand or anything but it does depend on what kind of outcome we're looking for people have a very um confused view sometimes on on, on what win win really means and we we teach quite often that it's not uh, win win doesn't have to mean 50-50 when we are looking for an outcome what kind of outcome what is it that we are looking for Jack? We're looking for both parties to be happy with the agreement that's been made. So whether that's 90-10 or 60-40 or even 20-80, whatever the percentage is, both parties need to leave the, the table, the negotiation table, with an agreement that they can go back to their mandate and their internal people and say, here's what we've got and it's good for us. And if it's good for the other party, then the chances are it's going to have a high successful implementation. If one of the party comes away thinking 
I've been done to, I've really got a bad deal, then it will impact a longer term relationship that you'll have. I think you've got to remember, uh, Benjamin, that um, the, the, the most successful negotiations are likely to happen when each party has got a different objective. Mm. And you shouldn't necessarily assume that, that the parties have the same objective. So you want a high price, I want a low price. That's a difficult negotiation to have. Uh, I want the most um, efficient solution for my business and you want the best price as the seller, that's probably a negotiation where you can get an outcome that could be 50-50. So that comes back to that prep and planning where we might advise people to actually work through and try and get as many issues down Absolutely. as they could possibly think of yeah. and then yeah. also as many as many options or ways of achieving each of those, Absolutely. those mm-hmm. issues. So I guess we're stemming into teaching sort of best practice and not just, uh, not just the, 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 the dirty tricks. But uh, is there any uh, advice to, to anyone listening for either tricks they can play or, or, or what to do when they find themselves uh, off-guarded by some? For me, with, with any of these tactics we've been talking about, it, it is a form of pressure to get the deal that you want. So you're applying pressure to the party to get them to make concessions. And... If you don't have in your preparation uh, a strong, what we call fallback, in other words, a, a plan B, if you've got nowhere else to go, then those tactics might just work against you. I think I would say be prepared to listen to what it is that they're they're saying, what you think might be a trick. So things like, I have to change the negotiator because so-and-so can't make the meeting anymore then acknowledge it and think, well, maybe because of a change in the scenario, maybe gives you an opportunity to think, have we got the the right people in the negotiation? Mm -hmm. So really, whatever you're coming across, give yourself time to think, is there something that we would need to do now ourselves on our side of the table to reflect the change that's being asked rather than just accepting and going along with it? Uh, Yeah, I think for me, I'd come back the other way with one thing that can be possibly seen as a dirty trick, which is what I said earlier, which is be careful about uh, reacting to things straight away. A little bit of low reaction sometimes, not supporting and not not disagreeing rather, gives you a little bit more time and you don't have to backstep from it. Mm-hmm. So so just keep the keep the uh, doors open and the balls up in the air, basically. Okay, so let's let's just do one more dirty trick each. Sean? Um, well, well, I'm drawn to the, um, the, the, the good cop bad cop routine yeah uh, i think we've all seen it in um american cop shows but uh that can happen in negotiations as well now again that the question is is that something deliberate or is that just their you know their personalities that you're dealing with um and, and i think if, if it is deliberate why do they do that um i think it creates a bit of confusion it it, it disturbs the uh the other party and and i think maybe the intention is to to to, to get a good deal from from doing that, but um, I guess we're not that concerned with the the, the cause of it, but it's the effect of it. And so, but what is it, that effect? Uh, well, again, it can be confusion, but I think it's just recognizing it, is this what's happening? Mm. Uh, and we've talked about some of the simple things that you can do to to help deal with a situation like that. One is, you know, if you feel uncomfortable about the behaviour, then then you can express that you're uncomfortable. You know, give feelings. Um, and if all else fails, if uh, if one person is playing good cop, the other player is bad cop, then talk to the good cop. 
Um, and Joe, um, one, one more from you. I think one that I hear common both in business and personal negotiations that I deal with is I haven't the authority. So you've mm. been talking to someone, you think you're getting close to a reasonable deal, and then all of a sudden they say, I can't, I can't agree this. I have to go and speak with my manager or somebody else in the organization. So personally, that's normally when I'm buying a car and it's the, all of a sudden every little thing I've asked for, they have to go around the corner and speak to the boss. Mm-hmm. Or in sometimes in business, they, they will say, you know, I haven't got the mandate. And it's an interesting one because it could be genuine. It could be that the discussion's gone outside and the, the agreement does generally need to be um, assessed by somebody else to get internal buy-in. And then if that's the case, then you also can go back to your company and speak to senior management or your own boss to say, here's where we're up to with the deal. Can I check that we're still happy with it? Or if you feel it's a tactic, then maybe ask, well, maybe I shouldn't be negotiating with yourself. Can I, can I negotiate going forward with that other person? Um, because obviously, you know, you don't want to waste anybody's time. And if they can't make, if they don't have the authority to make any final agreements, then go to the person that can. Because I've seen that not only done, but I've seen that advised uh, almost as a version of good cop, bad cop with the bad cop out of the room. I'm with you on this. I would love for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think my people are going to agree it. Yeah. And uh, and it's always a generic, vague version of those those other people. So um, although I've seen that advised as a trick to use, I, I would be very tempted to, to say, um, did, did you not check with them before? Yeah. <laughs> before you came here, what, what are we doing here? Um, and, and I think that we've got license to ask those things if Absolutely. our purpose is to, to get a deal. And at the beginning of the negotiation, and it might be in the negotiation, might be multiple meetings where genuinely people will change depending on the, you know, the complexity. At every start, you can just say, you know, is everybody, are we, are you the authorized person? Are we ready to make it, you know, can we get a closure on this meeting or is mm. this a, a meeting to move it forward? So you can always start each meeting with just making sure in the sort of um, the preliminary stages that you are speaking to the right person. And if not, should we reschedule when they are available? And you yeah. can do things again, very honestly and very above board. Excellent. Tony. Uh, not sure what you'd call this one, but I can perhaps give you an example of it. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was called to a meeting with uh, a, a very large client of ours, um, and not in the UK, so there's a very amount of travel involved. Um, expected to see uh, a manager there that I dealt with, and he was there, as, w- as was a number of other people. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes as we're doing the opening to the meeting, a, a director walked in, sat down, and started to say things like, well, we've been using you for a long time, but we've noticed that things aren't going so well. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we have other options that are probably 25% cheaper than you are. Um, and you could tell at this point that he's starting to start to put some competitive pressure on and playing bad cop. Mm. So there was a little bit of staring at each other, and I'd got my books open, and at that point I just closed the books and shut them. And looked at him and said, well, well, why am I here? Mm. Because if we're here to negotiate about where we're going to go from here forward, then we're going to negotiate from here forward. If we're not and we're not going to do it, then why have you invited me all this way over to talk to you and this group of people around the table? At which point there was another little bit of conversation and he got up and walked out. 
and then we had a very good negotiation with the rest of the people around the table. So he'd obviously been bought in a little bit on the good cop, bad cop stuff. He was going to come in and try and put some pressure on. And at that point, you've got to say, well, is this realistic? Is it realistic? And, and if it is, we've also had ones where people have said to us, you're in the last three, but there's somebody else who is 50% cheaper than you are. So by saying to them, well, do you get the same outcomes? Do you get the same materials? Do you get the same inputs, etc., etc.? If they say yes, then why on earth are they going to go with, with Why are they still talking to us? Why are they still yeah. talking to us? So, so uh, you know, you've just got to test those things again just to see what's, what's reality and what isn't reality. So it's about having the confidence to be able to ask about it, and that confidence comes from the amount of preparation and planning and thinking as the uh, other party. Uh, absolutely, and knowing your own situation. I mean, if we really had made a mess up of the work with this client, then I'd probably be apologising rather than saying, well, why am I here? But, but we knew we hadn't, so it was a, it was a, it was a dirty trick. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Huthwaite International. For more information, visit Horizons, Huthwaite's thought leadership platform where you can find a whole host of tips and advice to help you master the art of negotiating. Huthwaiteinternational.com forward slash horizons.